been in environments uh, where with people, uh, sometimes it's in large group settings, or maybe it's just you've got like a project with a couple other people, you're assigned together, and, and they're talking, uh, and, and maybe they're sharing beliefs, maybe they're sharing just what they do, what they're about, what they're passionate about, and you just go, I don't understand you at all. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get why you would believe that, think that. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a, uh, uh, an election year, which there's gonna be a ton of that. Like, how in the world could you ever believe that or think that or vote that, right? Uh, and, and so I think that that's a natural thing when we're in different environments and we see people that have uh, differing uh, beliefs. But what, the thing that I, I've come to realize is that regardless of, of what you believe, we all, everybody, everybody in this dorm, everybody is making decisions and they have opinions and they have beliefs and things that, that drive them from a set of values that they operate from, okay? And, and everybody, Everybody has these core values that they operate from. Now, uh, a lot, and that's 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 the series. We're gonna talk about core values, and 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 what, the driver behind this is the reality that I don't think we acknowledge that uh, one or or identify it or label it in our own lives, uh, but we also uh, we we fail to to realize that. Those are the things that are leading us, uh, motivating us, causing us to go into certain settings, into certain groups, behave a certain way. Uh, and, and, and it's our relationship with God. It's our view of God. It's our view of church. And, and, and so it's, it's these, these core values that, that, that define us, that, 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 that lead us. And I think the question I have for you is when you think about uh, the things, you know, that, that, that you do, the decisions you make, the thoughts that you have, the beliefs that you have, um, and, and, and maybe there's certain bends, like, like, you know, some people believe this, you're like, I believe this, or, uh, and you're really passionate about certain things. Where does that come from? Like, where does that come from? Right? Why in certain areas, ah, that doesn't matter. But in this area, no, it matters. And I think everybody has that, don't they? Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, you guys are awesome tonight. Um, is this being recorded? Like, seriously. Um, so my question is, you guys, what's yours? What, what are yours? Do you know what they are? And, and I, I think that this is such a critical thing because, you know, our church, we were faced with this question. Um, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of elders. Uh, the founding pastor resigned. And, and this is the question, right? Who are we going to be? Who are we going to be? Now, when you say, who are we going to be? You've got a room full of people that have a different set of values, don't they? Right? Now, hopefully we're unified around like essentials. But outside of that, there's a lot of different opinions and thoughts uh, that, 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 that uh, when we sat down that we all had, right? That everybody had. And, and so the thing that happened from that that was so productive, so great, is we, we were like, let's go through this incredible intensive process 
and define the core values of our church, of who we are, what we wanna be, where we're going. And it's these values that are gonna define uh, who we hire, right? It's these values that are gonna define decisions we make in outreach, um, discipleship, uh, all these things, right? Like we should be able to go back and go, does this align with the values that we say we want to define us? And I believe these values are so powerful that I think that it's important, uh, one, for you guys to wrestle with the values that are leading you, but also to understand these values that we say, man, man, I pray that this, this defines who I am. And, and I think that these are values that I would love to see you take hold of in your own uh, life. And so we're gonna unpack these each week, different ones. And, and the first one that I'm gonna unpack tonight is that we're going to, we, we and when I say we, uh, our church, and, and that doesn't mean like if you're not a we or outside of like that you're disqualified. Like, no, I, I, like I said, I think these, um, I'd love for you to go to our church, but like these are, these are things that we're saying are essential. And I would say they're all things that in my own personal life, I want to be a core value. And so the first one is to walk in truth, okay? Now in John 14, six, uh, it, it's a verse that, that um, maybe you've heard, but it, Jesus says this. He, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me. So what does Jesus say there? Jesus says, when it comes to truth, I am the truth. I am the truth. Um, so by him saying that, because he's the truth, truth is only in existence through him. He gets to define what it is. And, and what's awesome is he doesn't just like drop a mic, right? I am truth, boom, and levitate up to heaven, <laughs> right? Which would be sick. That would be sick. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I would be like, that'd be pretty cool. I'd follow you. Uh, but he, he then like breaks it down. He says, here's how you're gonna know, right? Uh, and we know that, 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 that it's, it's through God's word, which is his mouthpiece to us. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good uh, work. Okay, that, that is beautiful, right? So, so it's literally saying, all scripture is coming from him and, and it's profitable to teach you, to reprove you, to, to correct you, to train you in, in righteousness with this thing that we all want to have so that we would be uh, complete and equipped for whatever we may face. That is amazing. So he doesn't just mic drop it and say, I am the truth. But then he says, no, this is how the truth is played out. This is how you find out what it is. This, is. this is how you navigate the decisions that you need to make in life. If you're gonna be a follower of me, right? And, and, and so I, I always think about this when I, when, I, when I talk about him saying that. Uh, about five-ish years ago, COVID messed up with my mind, but like five-ish years ago, uh, we did a, we, we used to meet in the summers at this park down here. I don't know what it's called, what park, what park is that? Washington Park? Yeah. Uh, are you sure? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> University Park. Thank you. Okay. 
Gosh, Jazz, uh, you were in college and we were doing it. Okay, uh, but anyway, so it was University Park, and 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 we're all there. There was a ton of us there, and we'd bring volleyball nets and and we played basketball and and just do all these all these things. And and this guy wa- this guy walks over and he's got like a kit with him, like of all this stuff. He's got these two balls, everything, and he walks over to like one of our staff members and he's like, "Hey, do you guys want to play my game?" Right? Okay, that's weird, right? Um, and 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 so uh, anyway, so our staff was like, you know, they're trained to be loving, right? They're trained to be. Uh, they should be, they're supposed to be. And, and, and so they're like, oh yeah, like let's play your game, you know, and, and all that. And so anyway, this guy had invented this game called Volcano Ball. And, and so, and, and, and like, he was like not messing around. So there's a field there, it's a park, public park, and, and he sets up what's kind of like this basketball hoop thing here. He's got two of those. Uh, and, then, and then he's like painting lines, like he brought his own like painter. That's, that's big time, guys. You bring like a line painter for like a field like random, like, oh, here's my line painter. You know, so he, he brings that out and he like sets up this course half and then, and then he sets another one up and then circle around it. And, and then he explains this game. And before you know it, there's all these people playing this game that looks like the funnest game ever. And, 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 and so it was, it was like amazing. And I was, I was texting the staff member that was in love with the game the most, even today. And, he, and I was like, what was the name of that game? He goes, Volcano Ball, of course. Uh, and uh, anyway, and so, it, it, but what was, what's so interesting about this is he was telling us the rules and nobody corrected him, right? Nobody said, no, that's not how you play this. No, that's wrong. Nobody said that. Why? It was his game. He was the creator of Volcano Ball. He, he also, he saw that we loved it so much. He said, you guys can take it and use it. I want, to, I want people to play my game. Sounds like Wonka or something. I don't know. That's crazy, right? Like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. So you know, and and so we we take it and and then we played it throughout the summer, and it was a huge hit. And with the game, he made sure to give us the rules, right? Why? So that we would follow his design for the game. You guys, to walk in truth. What we're talking about here. To walk in truth, it means to walk and live according to God's definition of truth, okay? So, and God has defined truth in himself, and he said, you're going to know it through scripture, but guys, here's the problem. Here is the problem. The problem in our culture when it comes to truth is the statistics are telling us only around 65% of Americans describe themselves as Christians, down 12% from the last decade, and now 26% are just religiously unaffiliated. Those numbers can go up or down a little bit. So here's, here's the thing that we're facing. How do we agree or have a consensus when it comes to truth if we don't know where our authority comes from? Like how? How? So two-thirds believe in a God, but many of those who believe in God, this is astounding, don't believe that he should have authority over their life. So most of the people that, that even say, oh, I believe in God, they would say, but I don't want him to have authority over 
my life. They acknowledge he's creator, but they know a better way to live, a better truth. And so as a culture, what we're seeing is we're moving further and further from God, but it's really interesting as we move further and further from God, uh, what the statistics are showing us now is people are more and more open to religion. They're more and more open to the idea of God, which is awesome, right? So we're seeing as a culture, like, like, like we're, we're, we're more and more drifting farther away from God, but culture is more open to God. Um, but what we see when you drift away from something is it leaves a gap and something always fills that gap, doesn't it? Right? I mean, um, when something goes away, <laughs> something comes along. And so with that gap comes new opportunities to define truth. Okay, um, you know, when something goes away, it always leaves space, uh, something replaces it. You know, uh, I have three boys and every once in a while, uh, I'll just leave the room and, and I'll leave, but then I'll, I'll stay close enough so I can hear what happens. And I always laugh because one of the boys takes charge of the other two, right? There's been a void in leadership, dad's gone. And it's so funny because one of them like changes the whole tone of his voice. And, and, he'll, and he'll look at his brother and be like, Bronx, stop doing that, you know? Um, you know and, but their threat is like, I'll tell dad, you know? And, but one of them takes that, like fills that mantle, takes that position and, and fills that uh, void. And, and so there's voids being filled with all of these desired truths. You guys, how do you think social media has become what it is, Right? It filled a void that we all had for desired truths. And, and what drives these desired truths? Us. There's a word called uh, emotivism. And emotivism means moral truth is not objective. It's relative based on feelings. In other words, we know truth because of how we feel inside. I feel this way, whether that's actually true or not, it, it, it doesn't matter. And, and so in our culture, this has become the dominant way for us to know and to define truth. And so we've removed what we maybe would have said is right uh, and wrong. And we started to align ourselves to our, our desires. And, and so that whatever I think now is true, is true. And don't you dare correct me. And those that align with my thoughts of what is true, those are the people I hang out with. Those are the groups I join, uh, the church I join. Those are the people I listen to. Uh, that's the, the news that I choose to believe. Those are the influencers that I allow to influence me. Those are the theologians that I trust. Uh, those are the social media accounts that I like, that I agree with. Uh, and, and, and I'll like those things and those people uh, and those groups without even second guessing because they agree with me. Uh, and there was a great documentary that came out, uh, I don't know, three maybe years ago called The Social Dilemma. And it really talks about this incredible movie um, about how like uh, social media and all of that and, and how they're just taking you down this road. You know, uh, it's amazing. So in this absence of agreed upon truth or biblical authority, those, what we see is those with the most power are able to leverage and push their truth into society, causing you 
and I to feel forced or manipulated into a belief or an opinion that we may not even have, but we just go with it, right? And what's been completely pushed aside for people that want nothing to do with God and for people that would say I'm a Jesus follower is this. People have stopped thinking critically. They've stopped. Now, what's critical thinking? It's the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. And you guys, what you're going to see in Scripture is that critical thinking is an essential, especially for believers. And what's so interesting is so many profs even here that I've interacted with would say Scripture's the opposite. But no, uh, in Proverbs 18, 17, this is what it says. It says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. That's so good. And then in Proverbs 14, 15, it says, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. What is that encouraging you to do, right? What is it challenging you to do? And, and, but, but the thing I think that, that really hits us with this is how do I think critically, how do I do that if I'm not walking in truth, right? Um, because the reality is this, we're confused um, <laughs> because so many of us, like if I'm not walking in truth, and, and, and let's, just, let's just essentially say we agree that this is truth right now. Let's just do that, right? Um, I, I think the problem is when we talk about uh, this is, uh, you know, for most culture, we're not even reading, we're not listening to truth consistently at all. Reading just as a whole in our society, it's declined. Our attention spans have dropped dramatically. The average person spends like 16 minutes a day reading. And how many of those minutes are, are actually just, they're reading uh, uh, like Instagram or something like that because there's two to three hours a day on social media. And, and so we're feeding ourselves quick thoughts, highlights, sound bits, but we're not learning how to think well. And what's dominating right now, the news, regardless of what you believe, is misinformation. Uh, deep fakes are the big one right now that, that I'm hearing a lot about is these deep fakes and, and how people are using those uh, to think certain things about other people. I had a pastor like warn me about deep fakes and I'm like, I don't even know what I do. Like, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Ryan will figure that out. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we think about that and we, you know, we shouldn't be surprised, you guys. I mean, Acts 20, 30 in the Bible says, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. And, and, and so this is going to happen. It's gonna happen. People are gonna come and they're gonna speak different things. They're gonna twist things. They're gonna distort things. They're gonna put pressure on you to believe and to align with their values. And, 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 and I'm telling you, uh, you know, if they've got the authority, the power, the pressure's greater, right? Uh, and, and which makes it even harder to kind of just stand your ground if you don't agree with uh, it. And, and so um, walking in truth, uh, if we agree that this is truth, walking in this, it keeps me, from walking down a misleading path, and it also reveals what's misleading when it comes to information. It helps us to respond to information in a way that's biblical. 
And, and guys, this, this misleading information, it's, it's gonna keep coming because it's meeting a demand. It's meeting our desires. And in 2 Timothy 4, verses three and four, it says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So once again, it's we want to hear what aligns with our personal views. We're getting information, and it's just agenda-based, and it's not truth-based, which then leads to a situation in 2 Timothy 3.7. Listen to this verse. It says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. This is scary, right? So what it's saying here, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. What, 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 is, what is he talking about? He's talking about these, these ladies here uh, in this particular church. They were prone to change their mind, to accept new ideas. They were being swayed by these various impulses. Why? He's saying because these false teachers came in and they used information to take advantage of those, these women who were in this state, uh, who they, they, were, they were fragile, they were being weighed down by guilt. And so these teachers came in presenting information. And so uh, in this setting, in this particular setting, these, these women are listening to this, they're responding, they're getting information, but it's not wisdom, it's not knowledge, it's not truth. And, and, and it's a scary thought, isn't it? Isn't it a scary thought that I could be learning, I could be thinking I'm getting understanding, and it could be absolutely not truth? And, and, and so, like, Scripture is warning us over and over and again. Uh, there, there's going to be a time when you're, you're not even going to want truth. You're just going to want what agrees with you. You're not going to want any teacher to get up there and say something you don't like. You're not gonna want any movement, any people group, any team you're on to do what you don't want. And, and now, like no other time in culture, you get to pick. Like you get to pick, which is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. I have people come up to me on Sundays and they're like, oh, I love listening to you. I listen to you first. And then I listen to this pastor and this pastor and then this pastor. And I'm like, oh. You know, like, wow, you know? And, 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 and essentially what they're telling me is like, like, I get all that I want in the day from the pastors that I want. And, um, and, and I just find that so fascinating because we're in this age where we have more information available to us than ever before, more podcasts, more teachings than ever before. And uh, this one author said, we don't need more information. We need more wisdom, where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the originator. Wisdom comes from the one who said, I am truth. Wisdom comes from God. And so wisdom is getting God's perspective on things. So walking in truth is navigating through the changes and challenges of life through God's perspective, not mine. And he invites us to do that. He invites us into that. Uh, in 2 Timothy 2.7, it says, think over what I say. Don't you love that? That kind of just spits in the face of, of people that have just said like, you know, like, and sometimes it's, it's pastors that do this. Like, like, don't question me. Don't challenge me. That's divisive. That's like our ultimate comeback. That's divisive. Shut down, <laughs> you know? And I, will, I promise I'll never say that to you, okay? Because um, scripture tells us the opposite. This is God inviting us to think over what he says. 
Isn't that nuts? Think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That is so great. Such a great verse, you guys. Such a great verse. The Bible is, is inviting me. The author is inviting us to, to, to literally think over it. Don't just like fall in love with my teaching. Don't be wild with me. Don't, all these things, like, like think about it. Like pause, reflect. Think about what I'm saying to you. Think about the words I'm reading to you. And then he says, what? For the Lord will meet you in that space if you go to him with it. He will meet you in that space, okay? And he'll give you understanding in everything, the things that you need. So when we think and we consider what he said, he gives us the understanding. And as Jesus followers, if we're that, we must carry truth and we must be led by truth because what we do by making this the source of authority over our lives is we're standing on a truth that surpasses this particular moment in time. It stands the test of time, which is incredible, you guys. It's incredible. I, I man, having this be the authority of my life, uh, I, Trends are going to trend. Culture is going to culture. What's hot is going to be cold. What's new is going to be old. Everything is going to change and it's going to change and it seems to be changing at a more and more rapid pace. And I don't know what you do if you're just living on that. I don't know what you do. And so every single person, I don't care what you believe right now, you need some sort of anchor. And my invitation is for you to take hold of an anchor of truth that has stood the test of time, has stood more critical analysis, more people trying to disprove it than any other source ever invented or created on the planet. Uh, And yet, over and over again, you see transformation continue to happen. uh, and, 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 And you see things happen when people are moved by the truth of who God is. But you guys, this has to start with this. You cannot walk in truth if you're not first and foremost truthful with yourself with where you're at, okay? Like, like so often I find that the problem isn't the information someone's consuming. The problem is that that person has never been honest with themselves. They've never literally like gone, am I actually being truthful with myself? Is the narrative I'm telling people, is that true about me? Is what I'm saying I believe, is it true in my heart, in my soul, Right? Um, I'm challenging other people in this. Is this true of me? And so, uh, you know, I, I act a certain way. I say certain things. Is that truly who I am, what I believe? And so, you guys, if there's a disconnect or a void, you are really gonna struggle with this book because this book promises to un- unveil me, to show what's in me. And, and, and so if, if I'm not gonna be honest with myself, where my shortcomings are, where my faults are. You guys, I will never be able to arrive at what 2 Timothy 2.7 is saying there. I just won't because I'm in the way. And guys, I wish I could say this uh, differently, but too often I'm in the way. I'm in the way because I'm really good at lying to myself. I'm really good at, at covering, like, like just going, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's no big deal. And, and yet, the more I lie to myself, not only is it creating a disconnect between me and God, but it's creating a disconnect between my ability to navigate or walk or be led 
in truth. So truth has to start with you. It has to. Whether you whether you never whether you've never made a decision with Jesus or you have, and maybe you're still like not walking. Uh, Jesus said this to Pilate in John. Uh, he said this in John eighteen thirty seven. He said, Paul, first Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And so is it his voice that I'm following or is it someone else? See, it's an authority issue, right? It's an authority issue. Whose authority am I going to walk and live under? Am I walking in his truth or my truth? And if it's not his, I've got to stop lying to myself and then I've got to make a decision will I change course. But you guys, here's the beautiful truth. If we walk in truth and we choose him, scripture promises to change us. In John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Truth will change you. And so we must make a decision to let the truth of God supersede our emotions, our desires, our biases, our politics, and even this present moment. This means we must not only listen to truth, but be willing to receive it. And so if we're gonna walk in truth, this also means we must deal with each other in a truthful way, okay? There is no way you can read this and, and there's no way that, that this work can have its work if I'm still not being truthful with others. Because this thing right here, uh, Jesus' whole ministry, he was uh, literally calling out those who were not authentic, right? He was challenging their heart. And, and they didn't like it. And I think that that's a huge piece for us. Because I just think in our culture, it's really easy to fit in to, to align, but am I authentic? Am I authentic with myself? Am I authentic with you, with other people, or am I not being truthful with them? And so, guys, I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want us to wrestle with that. We say it's a value. Is this a core value of yours? Is this a driver for you? Whose voice are you listening to? When you think about what's motivating, inspiring, moving you, causing you to believe what you believe, causing you to align with certain people. Where's it coming from? And are you okay with that? Are you confident in that? Or is it just gonna move with culture? Let me pray.